You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, but follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals is where you want to be for all your Royals needs. On today's show, we're going to dive into spring training. It's opened. The full squad has reported. Games get underway on Sunday. On 610 Sports Radio, you can listen to all the action from the surprise Arizona spring training opening day. On this show, I want to talk about training camp battles to watch for the Kansas City Royals and all about what to expect from the Royals in spring training. So with Kansas City, Everything's kind of defined, right? I mean, you know what Merrifield's going to be in there. You know Minus will be in there. You know Perez will be in there. You know Santana will be in there. You know Soler will be in there. You know Benatendi will be in there. You know Doge will be in there. You know Michael A. Taylor will be in there probably. And then Nicky Lopez. So with Michael A. Taylor, I think that they're going to at least start the year with him as a lock. Now, Nicky Lopez is where things can get interesting. I think that they'd prefer to play Lopez, especially uh, against right-handed pitchers. And then you can put in uh, Hans Arbolto during against uh, left-handed pitchers. But there's a, a pathway for Arbolto to fo- force his way into the lineup. Also, I would hope that they're going to at least give Edward Livieres a chance that if he's just tearing the cover off the ball, that you could put him in right field and move Witt back to second base and just maximize uh, the lineup that way. But the lineup is really set. Uh, the bench players, I think, are pretty set. I mean, I think that Olivieras has earned that spot as that outfielder. I think Kim Gallagher is going to be your backup catcher. And then Alberto is going to be your middle infielder that can just play all over the place and, and can really help you platoon with Nicky Lopez. And then the rotation is pretty set. I mean, it's going to be Duffy, Keller, Minor, Singer, Bubich. They've talked about Jacob Junis. They've talked about maybe a six-man rotation. I think that ultimately, though, it'll be a five-man rotation with those guys in some order. For me, I, I, the order for me would probably be Keller, Singer, Bubich, Minor, Duffy. I'm not sure how they're going to line it up uh, after spring training, but that's just me. Now, the bullpen, there are spots open. You have the two guys on minor league deals, Wade Davis and Brad Brock, who I imagine will earn spots if they just put together a somewhat competent spring. And then you have you know Greg Holland, Josh Stallmont, and Scott Barlow, who are absolute locks. I think that Zimmer's a lock again because he was amazing before the injury. Jesse Hahn will be a lock. Richard Lovelady will be a lock because you need that left-handed you know, pitcher out of the bullpen. He'd be your only lefty in this bullpen right now with the locks we've been so far. And then Junis. I mean, what are you going to do with Junis, who has two options left? So if you want to send him down, you could. Uh, but that does not leave a lot of room. And that does not leave any room for Tyler Zuber, who I think will be an incredible bullpen arm. And I think that should be in this bullpen. And of the locks we put in there, Stalmont has options, but you're not going to send him down. He's too good. Barlow has options, but you're not going to send him down. He's too good. Zimmer has an option, and maybe he has a slow start from the injury, so maybe he's one that gets sent down just to work on some things, but you want to burn that option right now. 
Love Lady only has one option. And then Jacob Junis, again, has two options. And maybe you want to send him down to continue to have him stretched out as a starter because we mentioned the attrition that will happen this year. I mean, there's going to be a lot more pitching injuries. There's going to be a lot more uh, spot starts needed. And, and if you can keep Junis stretched out, you'd be able to have him back as a you know, stretched out starter if something went haywire this season in your rotation. There's a lot of ways that can go about it. Again, I'd want to find a way to get Zoomer in that uh, Zuber in that bullpen, but who are you taking out? Are you taking out Brad Brock? Are you taking out Wade Davis? Are you taking out Kyle Zimmer? Uh, who are you taking out who's not making the team if you want Tyler Zuber in there? Uh, Jackson Coward, I think, is pretty close. I mean, who are you taking out for Jackson Coward? Uh, there's just a lot of different things at play here, so the bullpen will be fascinating. You're going to watch all those guys that I said were locks, and then you're going to watch Zuber. You're going to watch, you know, again, Coart and see how, who can make some noise there. Now, the Ryans, O'Hearn and McBroom, they both have three and two options. So, I mean, they're going to be able to be sent down. I don't think they're going to make the club. Uh, Kevin Gutierrez, he has an option. I don't think he'll make the club either. I, I don't see a way for him to be able to do so. Nick, Nick Heath is somebody to watch for. He was really good last year before he got hurt in his limited action. Could he steal that you know outfield spot from Olivieras? I don't think so. You can still watch for that. But really, this team is pretty well set. I mean, this is kind of who they are. They only really have Jacob Newberry and Tyler Zuber on the outside looking in with Jackson Coart for a bullpen spot. So you're really just hammering out the bullpen. For, for this entire spring training, you're just looking to solidify your bullpen and see what works. I mean, you all know that, you know, spring training, there's not a lot going on. You know, these guys are going to play like one inning and then they're going to get pulled. And sometimes they're not even working on stuff. Like sometimes you'll get a pitcher who's only throwing fastballs or only throwing breaking balls. That's it. They're going to work on things and throw it as much as possible. You're going to get hitters who don't want to swing. They just want to see the ball. It's not going to be a fun product to watch in spring training for the most part. And it's you know compounded by the fact that you have a, a good problem to have for spring training is that you, know, you don't have positional battles really. I mean, everything is pretty much set in stone barring injury. It's pretty much set in stone. And this is what the team's going to look like. And on paper, pretty good team. On paper, it's a third-place team that if everything breaks right for them, if every little thing goes their way, which how often does that happen? So again, it's still a low percent chance. But if everything breaks their way, then they can be a playoff team. That's a heck of a start to, to, to this new era of Royals baseball. This is the first step in becoming a contending playoff team versus a 100-loss rebuilding team. And, and we'll see what happens. And there's still a lot of question marks. There's still things that need to be answered. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show, the burning questions remaining for Kansas City. What questions must be answered this year? We'll talk about that all on tomorrow's show. This is Locked On Royals. It's a three-day-a-week show for this week. But next week, we ramp back up to five shows a week. And next week, as we ramp up to five shows a week, we have a very, very special announcement. So be sure to tune in and hear that on Monday. And on Monday, we're also going to recap the first spring training game of the year for Kansas City. So those are some positional battles to watch for you. Again, it's really just the bullpen, but keep sending me your bullpen projections, your lineup projections, your rotation projections. I love seeing that. A lot of you have already DM'd uh, at Lockdown Royals your projections. You can tweet them at me in the mentions, in the DMs, whatever, at Lockdown Royals for what you think this team will look like and how good do you think this team will be. But right now, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Try them out today at BuiltBar.com. 
Com. Get them while supplies last because they're flying off the shelves. They're just that delicious. Try them today at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON20. That's promo code LOCKEDON20 to save 20% off your next order. LOCKEDON20 gets you 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. At BuiltBar.com, you can find their six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are incredible. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. They're great for the conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Try them today at builtbar.com. Promo code locked on 20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to RockAuto.com for all the parts that your car would ever need at RockAuto.com. Listen, 20 years ago, it was a crazy time. First of all, I was three years old whenever Rock Auto got in business and serving you auto parts online. So go to RockAuto.com, and whenever you go there, Tell them that locked out and sent you. And how did you hear about this box? And they'll know what to do from there. They have an amazing selection. We're a lot of low prices. If you can't tell by now, I know nothing about cars. Absolutely zero. I barely know how to drive the thing. But I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database. And they're only, and I mean only, going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting money on parts I cannot use, parts I don't need. RockAuto.com has an amazing selection of auto parts, body parts, everything you need at RockAuto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you in the How's You Hear About box, and they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection. We're lively low prices on the parts your car will need. RockAuto.com. We are back on Lockdown Royals, and I want to tell you about our good friends over at More Than a Game Podcast. February is Black History Month, and Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports. What's been achieved and important work left to do and still to be done in discussions on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown presents more than a game. We have two conversations up there right now for you to wrap up the the month. First, a discussion on the protests around sport leagues, and then tune in for a discussion about the importance of black history in sports. Again, there's still so much work to be done. Check them out on the Lockdown Presents podcast feed, anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe on the radio.com app or anywhere else you get your podcast from. So on this show, I want to play you a little bit of Locked On Today. You've heard me talk about Locked On Today a lot so far since it since it came out because it's such a great podcast. I want to give you a little taste of Locked On Today with a baseball twist because Albert Poolhouse, as you know, uh, announced, his wife oddly announced that he was going to retire and then, then she backtracked it and it's kind of unclear what's going to happen now after this year is over, but he's going to play out this year, which might be his final year. It might not be his final year, but he did go to Maple Woods Community College in Kansas City, Missouri, and he did go to high school in Independence. So th- there is the Kansas City tie here that I want to allow everyone to soak in what a career he's had. And it was a great conversation with Pete Bukowski and Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals on today's Locked On Today podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcast from. The Albert Pujols era may be ending in Major League Baseball. So what did Pujols mean to that era? Join me now, Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals. And Lucas, there's um, reports and rumors that this could be the final year of Pujols' esteemed career. 
if that is the case, when it's all said and done, he's not the player that he was when he was in St. Louis. Is he, for you, the best player of his generation? I think, honestly, it, it's hard to, to say no. I mean, just the, the amount of success he had in, in those 10 years in St. Louis, putting up, you know, un, you know, unbelievable numbers that we haven't seen before or since. It's really hard to say no. You could argue that he's not the complete player because of this, you know, maybe he wasn't the best base runner or anything like that. But for me, it, it's really hard to say no just because of how dominant he was for that 10-year stretch in St. Louis. I went back and I looked up his wins above replacement from tw- from 2003 to 2010. Pujols was second, fifth, second, first, second, first, first, and fifth in wins above replacement. When you are top five in war for basically a decade straight, it's pretty hard to argue it's anyone but you. When you look at some of the numbers early in his career, when he starts to become great, Barry Bonds is still being Barry Bonds. And even in the early and in, in into middle parts of, of Pujol's run, Alex Rodriguez is still peak prime Alex Rodriguez. And then at the end of his career, Pujols leaves St. Louis, goes to L.A., where he ultimately plays with Mike Trout, the guy who supplants him as not just the best player of his generation. We're talking about one of the, you know, what, five best players maybe ever. It's hard to come up with other oh, yeah, names absolutely. who were as good as he was for as long as he was while he was playing. Yeah, I mean, the, the nickname that he got dubbed in St. Louis was The Machine, and for good reason. Right. He, he just put up these numbers consistently year after year as if he was just a machine. He could do nothing but hit for, for 10 years. And, you know, I, there's no one really saying that he's better in an Andrew uniform than he was in a Cardinal uniform. But there are very right. few <laughs> names that you can put above Albert Pujols, especially like if, even if you narrow it down just a little bit as to say who's the best right-handed hitter of all time, then Albert's got to be top three, you know. But th- there definitely isn't. Uh, an argument to be made of the best of this generation just because of the numbers that we have still haven't really seen since of, of the, for a 10-year stretch that Albert's put up. Is there anything in your mind that would keep him from there? Like, is there a signature playoff performance? Does he have that? Because, you know, those are the kinds of things that we build into his resume. And I'm trying to think of, you know, the signature Pujols at bat or the signature Pujols home run or whatever it is. And... I guess I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. Where are you on that? Well, the, the signature moment for me is Game Three of 2011 World Series when he hit three home runs. Uh, I think that that really um, that's been done. I think two or three other times um, in the history of his career. So I think that um, that performance and, and him winning that that series, he has two World Series rings, which a guy like Mike Trout does not have, which you know might mean a little bit more in the NBA than it does in the MLB. But at the same time, his Game Three performance of hitting three home runs. Um, you also have the moment of, of the Brad Lidge home run in, in Houston in 2005, going back to his middle career when he hit just a moonshot. I think it was the NLCS in game five to, to save that series for the time being. So I think there, there are definitely moments in his career. Th- those two come to mind as the, the two big moments in the postseason. Yes. As someone who grew up going to Brewers games um, and, and watched a lot of Pujols, I know we could never get him out. So from that standpoint, I mean, I think there is part of this that's an op- an opponent respect thing, right? Your greatness is measured at how scared you make your opponents. And I don't think there was ever a team that would go into a game with the Cardinals going, yeah, we have a good plan to get Albert Pujols out today. No, because if you pitched him inside, he was going to somehow keep a ball in the inside corner, fair down the line. And if you pitched him outside, he was going to hit a home run over the right field wall. They're really for, for a good 10-year stretch there, there was no way to get him out. He was that dominant that no matter what pitch you threw, he, he was going to hit it. You, you look at a guy like we talked about, Mike Trout, his, his problem has been the pitch up in the zone. 
he has since fixed that and gone on to do better things. But for a 10-year stretch while he was in St. Louis, there were very few ways to get Albert out. It was almost like, okay, Albert, you're going to beat me, but nobody else in that lineup's going to because there, there was just, I mean, nobody could get Albert out for a very long time. And I think that he made that lineup for 10 years as scary as it could be uh, because since he's left, the Cardinals have struggled to find somebody to come even close to, to make pitchers fear this lineup. And he was definitely a fearful character in the Cardinal lineup. Yeah, it's hard. In a stat where we quantify everything, it is hard to quantify what it means to have someone anchoring your lineup the way that that he did. It didn't almost didn't matter who was around him. I and mean, you could have, you know, Yadier Molina, who was never a truly great hitter. All of a sudden, his game gets better because you have Pujol sitting in front of him, those kinds of things. Does it does it matter to you that the guys that I mentioned, A-Rod, Bonds, have the sort of stigma attached to them with performance enhancers that Pujols doesn't? Yeah, I think that that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. And to, just to say that, you know, while Albert did fall off a little bit when he went to L.A., you know, there, I think he hit 285 the year after. And he's had decent years since leaving St. Louis. But I think that, you know, as of right now, there, I don't think there's anything out of uh, Albert using PEDs to anything to my knowledge. So I think that um, for the most part, for him to be playing the game clean and to not have that stigma about him, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, that shocks me. And, you know, especially... You know, then, then it, it, it's always the what have you done for me now recently um, in terms of, of sports. So I think that he gets lost in the shuffle because he hasn't been at that level for a while. Um, but at the same time, he was so good for so long. Then um, him, him not having that stigma, I think, definitely helps him. To me, might be a little bit biased, but to me, elevates him above Bonds and above A-Rod. So that was the clip from Locked On Today. Big shout out to Peter Bukowski and Lucas Smith. Check out Locked On Today anywhere you get your podcast from and also check out Locked On Cardinals anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the burning questions that still have to be answered for the Kansas City Royals. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Royals.